Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's my future. P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. One of the reasons that I do this podcast uh, is to learn, learn about uh, nutritional supplements. And I have a great fascination for the latest, greatest innovations in nutritional supplements. And I presume that also motivates you to listen to Intelligent Medicine because we have cutting edge information about uh, what's uh, coming around the bend in terms of supplement trends. Uh, Today, we're going to take a look at a supplement that perhaps some of you haven't heard of. Uh, It's Anato GG, and we'll explain uh, what that means with a couple of experts. Uh, One of our guests uh, is a frequent contributor. He's Dr. David Brady. Uh, He's talked to us about a variety of things over the years here on Intelligent Medicine, Uh, I believe most recently about his book, The Fibro Fix which is a wonderful book on fibromyalgia. Uh, Dr. David Brady is kind of a renaissance man in this field. He's a well-respected uh, communicator, uh, integrative practitioner, naturopathic physician. Uh, and also he was longtime vice president for health sciences and director of the Human Nutrition Institute, a very prestigious uh, place of learning at the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. And uh, he also maintains a private practice. Uh, he is chief medical officer for Designs for Health, which is a wonderful supplement uh, company. They make professional quality supplements. And also he is in the testing realm, uh, Diagnostic Solutions Labs, uh, with very innovative uh, functional medicine tests. Uh, our second guest is Dr. Barry Tan. Uh, Dr. Tan uh, is a PhD in chemistry and biochemistry. Uh, He's committed himself to the research and development of phytonutrients with specific applications to health conditions. Uh, He is an innovator in developing something called Delta Gold. It's the first ever tocopherol-free tocotrienol product that's extracted from an addo. And it's claimed this is the most potent form of vitamin E in existence today. So without further ado... Let's introduce our guests, uh, Dr. Brady and Dr. Tan. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, Dr. Hoffman. It's good to be back on the uh, podcast, and it's great to be here not only with you, but with, with my long-term colleague and, and friend and uh, very respected colleague, I might add, Dr. Barry Tan. Um, so 
I'll try to uh, do my best to keep up with Barry and uh, from the at least from the clinician's perspective on uh, how we utilize some of these things with patients and our thoughts about how we formulate with some of these wonderful ingredients as we make products uh, at Designs for Health. But Barry is really the uh, the detail guy. Uh, he's the PhD in biochemistry and he knows this stuff at a level that I can only hope to. So hopefully between him and I, we'll be able to uh, instruct your listeners a little bit on this new supplement uh, called GG or geraniol geraniol for uh, if you really want to say it out you can see why we call it GG um, it's very new in the nutraceutical nutritional space but it's uh, it's amazing that it hasn't been around before but there are some technical reasons why it hasn't which Barry can explain but uh, we really think it's transformational and it can be um, a natural agent that really has the ability to move the dial in a lot of different ways, um, in a lot of different applications that we find to be common ones uh, in functional and integrative medicine. Well, wow. let me start uh, by you know before we get to uh, Dr. Tan because I want to get uh, do a deep dive on on the uh, the biochemistry uh, since we have a PhD in the house. That is a useful thing because <laughs> that's a course that I uh, kind of uh, hung on with by my. Uh, by my fingernails too. Um, the bloom is off the rose a little bit on vitamin E, according to uh, supplement figures. So, you know, some supplements, uh, their their sales are soaring. You know, nutraceuticals that help with immunity, uh, they're up by double digit percentages, sometimes triple digit percentages, and vitamin D is is through the roof in terms of sales. But sales are lagging uh, on conventional vitamin E. Uh, uh, it's a tocopherol. There's various forms of vitamin E. Uh, some of them are the sort of so-called dry vitamin E, the synthetic vitamin E, and then there's mixed tocopherols, and uh, people seem to uh, believe that these are more uh, holistic or more uh, comprehensive in their efficacy. But there have been some disappointing studies on vitamin E, I think we have to admit. So uh, is is this a potential successor to vitamin E in that in that space of, as an antioxidant and as an immune enhancer? You mean this is for the tocotrienol. Uh, yes, they were, it, the development of vitamin E came because of alpha-tocopherol, and that's how alpha-tocopherol became a vitamin because they found that it's required for the fetus to come to full, uh, uh, full term. That was alpha-tocopherol. I think it was incidental uh, that happened to be for alpha-tocopherol at the beginning, but because it did, and it became a vitamin. So in the ensuing 50, 70 years, a lot of studies were done on alpha-tocopherol, natural, synthetic, the, the whole ball of wax. Mm -hmm. And then the tocotrienol came, uh, discovered like almost 40, 50 years after tocopherol. It was almost not to be. And it was first discovered even as a tocopherol. And they found out that there is clear distinction because of the tail. So therefore, in the 1990s, See, it's long time from the 1920s, and that's when people study uh, tocotrienol right at the time when a lot of clinical trials for alpha-tocopherols were done. Now, if you look at the last 30 years, there's still some tocopherol studies, but it really did not pan out. And you, yes, you were right, that alpha-tocopherol even can increase all-cause mortality and a few uh, cancers that are out there. With tocotrienol, they've seen the opposite. And we have 
about half a dozen or more clinical trials in Denmark on tocotrienol in cancer, for example. But mostly for us, uh, we use the tocotrienol because it's tocopherol-free on other chronic conditions besides cancer, even though we are doing some cancer studies. And for the ones that we consistently see results with the tocotrienol on chronic conditions were uh, uh, on uh, hyper uh, 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 cholesterolemia, particularly dyslipidemia, we started with that. And then we graduated it to pre-diabetes. We saw uh, the modulating of the sugar level. And then we started working on diabetics. We're clearly uh, above normal <clears throat> sugar. And then now, and after this, I think I'm going to cool down on tocotrienol clinical trials. There's so much, so many you can do. So we're doing the third of our fatty liver uh, uh, trial on tocotrienol, all chronic condition. However, in Texas, however, we are doing a study on uh, people with obesity, obese people taking tocotrienol. So that's the part. These are some examples of chronic conditions. We do not see uh, that tocopherol contribute, uh, but tocotrienols do. So, so, so backing, and, up, just, excuse me, backing up just a little bit, it, it, I, I seem to recall that there are eight different uh, compounds or molecules under the rubric of vitamin E. Uh, there's the tocopherols, I think there are four of them, and then there are four tocotrienols, right? And there's alpha, mm. delta, gamma, is there beta? And, yeah, beta, yes. Yeah. And each, so there's a corresponding Greek letter for each of the four, right? Uh, mm. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, you're correct. Yes, and 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 the way that they differentiate that is based on uh, the substitution. That means the methyl substitution on the ring. So depending on the substitution, they are there for uh, a designated label alpha, beta, delta, gamma for the tocopherol series, and then the same for the alpha, beta, delta, gamma for the tocotrienol series. Then the distinction of the tocotrienol and the tocopherol is just a tail. Uh, it has a head and a tail structure. In, in that of a tocopherol, it's saturated. The, the, the whole tail is saturated, about 15, 16 carbon, totally saturated. And then that of the tail of a tocotrienol is unsaturated. And, and it had three double bond and bonds, as hence it's called triene, three double bonds on the tail. Mm. That's it. That's the only difference between the tocopherol and tocotrienol. So just a little bit of a molecular tweak that, that differentiates them. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. Here goes. What do you picture when you think of aging well? Daily energy and vitality, a healthy sex life, maintaining your ability to heal and regenerate. Berkeley Life's team of nitric oxide experts are dedicated to making products that make these visions a reality. Their once-a-day supplement supports nitric oxide levels in your body. It's one of my personal solutions to better cardiovascular health. You can access it when you head to agewellbl.com slash Hoffman and use offer code Hoffman at checkout. Nitric oxide is a foundational molecule for health and is responsible for supporting a healthy cardiovascular and circulatory system. It's never too early to start aging well. Head to agewellbl.com slash Hoffman and use offer code Hoffman at checkout for 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's agewellbl.com slash Hoffman for Berkeley Life Nitric Oxide Support Supplements. agewellbl.com slash Hoffman. 
Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to today's guests, Dr. David Brady and Dr. Barry Tan. Uh, David, you know, you and I have been through the vitamin E wars, and, you know, we may have started with, uh, you know, alpha-tocopherol, and we may have started with even the, the tocopherol acetate, which is the so-called dry form of vitamin E, you know, decades ago. That was popular and uh, used in many of the studies, some of the, which came up short. Uh, and then it evolved that, you know, everybody was supposed to take uh, mixed tocopherols. That was popular. And then you were supposed to, then there was a whole thing on delta tocopherol. And now are we evolving towards more prioritizing the tocotrienols and more specifically the, the GG, which is the kind of the, the, the primo tocotrienol? Is, is that a, a fair assessment? Well, um it's interesting, uh, Dr. Hoffman. You, you see this story kind of um, told or unfold in a multitude of uh, ways in nutrition, right? And we've seen similar things with folic acid versus yep. different types of folate, right, or different types of vitamin K and so forth. These, these things that occur in nature often occur in a multitude of different forms. And uh, when we derive them from food and, and in the – you know, quote unquote, normal way, we're getting a blend of these different forms of a similar structure or similar nutrient. And when, when man takes it, you know, oftentimes out of reductionism, they're finding the one, one fraction of it that they thought was the only one or that they thought was the most um, impactful one. And, you know, the old adage, more is better, but that's not always true. Right? And they, so, they synthesize it. They make it in, in big right. batches uh, synthetically, exactly. in a chemical factory. And alpha, that's the case with alpha tocopherol. It got the early research. It was the first discovered. So they found a way to cheaply, large conglomerate found a way to cheaply make it. So that I think Kodak did standard. that. Was it not Kodak that first did that? Uh, BASF. BASF, well, big uh, chemical yep. company in Europe, yeah, in Germany. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's interesting, like you said, there's actually eight different fractions. And um, to just take one fraction and take it at a very, very high level, level exogenously can actually create problems. It can create imbalances in what should be there in normal physiology and normal intake. And I think that was a big part of the reason um, why you saw some – you see some negative um, – um, kind of um, outcome studies when you look over long periods of time with levels of alpha-tocopherol intake and certain, like Barry said, all-cause mortality. It's because if you're taking so much of one fraction, you're kind of depleting or pushing out others, uh, for lack of a better way of saying that. Uh, it just imbalances everything. Um, so, and you, you know, you, you went through that progression great. You know, you had, then you had mixed tocopherols, but what were mixed tocopherols were not all the vitamin E's either because it didn't have tocotrienol, mm-hmm. right? So, and then delta tocopherol is just one fraction of, it's just not alpha, but it's delta, but it's just one fraction. So, um, you know, a full blend is is what you're getting in various foods and so forth. But, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Barry, but we don't see the downside of, of monotherapy with something like delta tocotrienols. And particularly when we're using it, um, in a targeted way therapeutically there's been really impressive trials as barry said cancer particularly ovarian cancer extending lifespan uh when combined with normal typical therapies um and and many other things uh delta tocotrienols is 
pretty a pretty amazing substance, um, NAFLD and liver disease and and many others. But um, as you said, you know that Barry was instrumental in bringing this awareness of tocotrienol, particularly delta tocotrienol, which seems to be the most impactful uh, tocotrienol. Um, in his, you know, quest uh, and through his career, he found the annatto plants kind of by, by uh, fortuitously, uh, not, not targetedly, and Barry can talk about that. But um, And out of this annatto plant, this South American plant that we know most in the U.S. in its use for the orange food coloring, like on Doritos and things like that. But it has some amazing um, – you know, nutrient properties to it. And these tocotrienols are one aspect, but there's another molecule in there known as GG. And this is not a vitamin E. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different kind of compound. And that's um, that's another just amazing thing that come out of the same plant. So Barry, do you maybe want to um, elaborate on that or correct anything where I misspoke? Yeah, yeah. That <clears throat> Well, uh, David's doing a good job in it. Before I uh, a jump into the GG thing. Let me add a, a specific comment about uh, uh, because of the potency and hence possibly also the toxicity of alpha tocopherol. Of the eight molecules of vitamin E, only alpha tocopherol has a transport protein. And when I say that, I simply mean that it is a chaperone. Most things in our body, they just don't go to passive diffusion. A lot of food does, but most specific vitamins, they have specific protein that ensure that it goes the way it is supposed to. Like retinol, it can't just go to the eye automatically. It can go to other parts of the body, but it goes to the eye because it has a retinol-bound protein. And all the people that discovered this bound protein, they invariably all of them get Nobel Prizes. So they are known like this. For the vitamin E, the only bound protein known is alpha tocopherol bound protein. Therefore, when somebody takes alpha tocopherol, the body conserves it. That itself sounds good, but where it sounds bad is when you take a thousand IU of alpha tocopherol, the tocopherol ain't going away. It just stays there infinitely. So the hoarding of that is huge. That is not the same as if you take it just goes to your body. This is an ensured protein evolutionary design to capture alpha tocopherol and it stay there. So with the huge usage, toxicity happened and hence some of this negative study. The other tocopherols and the other tocotrienol, they do not have such. And with all the clinical trials, we have not uh, uh, been able to find or sustain any adverse effects of tocotrienol. So that part is important like that. You may have to use more, but it's, it's not conserved like alpha tocopherol. So that's that That's part. an important point, yeah. Yeah, let, let me tell you how I can segue to the, 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 the GG side. So when I first, my, my original uh, uh, chemical study was on carotenoid. I, I heard about astaxanthin and lutein uh, and, and, and zeaxanthin 40 years ago. It is not during the time when people were selling nutritional stuff. It's unknown. And in 1994, I heard, uh, uh, I said my mind and, and, and uh, the, uh, 
uh, ophthalmologist in Harvard, she said that uh, on the retina of the eye, flanking out from the fovea are lutein and zeaxanthin. It was 1994 then. This is before people start to do that. And as a young chemist, and I thought, I heard that if you can get this giant marigold petal from South America, then you get all the lutein. I actually was determined to figure out a way to extract it from the paddle like that. I'm glad that never happened. If it did, I'm dead in the water because many people <laughs> are never would have it. Past that. Yeah. But actually, that was that was my real reason. So I went to South America. Then fate has it. A, a, literally 30 feet away from me, I saw a plant, this anato plant, the part open. And where the flesh is, uh, a botanist called the flesh a misoka. And it is the only fruit that I know, I, I, I am open to no other ones, that it has no flesh. Every fruit that you think to eat, always you eat the flesh. Occasionally the, the seed, but where the flesh is, is air. When you see the open part of this beautiful, is air. So then we had this uh, bixin, which is a carotene. Remember, my expertise was in, was in carotene. I went to look for lutein and zeaxanthin, and then I got distracted. But I knew... Uh, uh, from my understanding of carotene in nature, they are always bound. They are very unstable. You know, uh, in our industry, we consider that omega three is uh, most unstable. It isn't. Chemically, uh, a conjugated double bond are most unstable. Meaning, uh, lutein, zeaxanthin, lycopene, these things. So they have to be contained well. Otherwise, they're not going to be stable. When you do uh, Italian sauce, you notice that you have to cook it hard with oil. Then you can see the oil turning it because the lutein and beta carotene, they're in the cytoplast of the tomato and the cytoplast of the carrot. That's why they are contained. So they are individually, molecularly conserved in the That's why they stay good. So having said this, even if you're in New England, they are yucky green and blue color, crustacean. The moment you cook them, uh, the protein they deprotonate and then you see the astaxanthin. So that should tell us a lot. Right, red, yeah, that's astaxanthin. So when you so then, then you know that they are supposed to be protected. All this to say, it is not protected like that with anato. If you touch it, it stains your hand, and that's why the British nicknamed this the lipstick plant because it's mm. stained. So I just thought, oh, if it is not encapsulated. I, I was just hypothesizing. There must be a powerful antioxidant that protect the bixin from degradation because a stunning red color stays and like that. I was expecting it to be a polyphenol. I really thought it was a polyphenol. And then I already, and I'm taking a recess from Toko Try Not to go back to the carotenoid thing. And shockingly, when I look, it, it is only vitamin E that protects it and no tocopherol and the most potent of the antioxidant oxidant among the vitamin E, I said, whoa, I, I, I already wo was in tocotrina for a long time. I was taking a recess to, to go on the carotenoid thing. Anyway, with that, then I systematically, now I'm segue away from this tocotrinol thing. I removed the color. I was able to find the tocotrienol, but as I was doing that, I still see some little yite uh, light yellow color thing. I didn't know what, what it was. So I, I analyzed it and then I said, oh, 
this is a compound, it's a hydrocarbon compound with an alcohol. Hey, this is Jaranol Jaranol. Then I said, hey, why is there Jaranol Jaranol in my broth here of the Anato? Then I found out, I went to look in the literature as a botanist. So I'm kind of strange in that way, you know. M- most m- most people who care about the human frame look at animal study, but but I jump all over. Probably that's why I'm, I'm so slow in doing things i i'm i'm a a a, a botanical physiologist also i study how plants mix things like that so when i did then i found out that the entire molecule of gg jaranol jaranol is in tocotrienol so the plant used gg to synthesize tocotrienol and by the way the plant used gg to synthesize tocopherol then I said, whoa, wait a minute. This is very interesting. The plant do this. And then uh, uh, many things. As long as there's small molecules from plant that you know about, it probably come from a GG. Now, the then on the animal side, right? Oh, oh, and the most famous one is probably the plant use GG for the synthesis of carotenoid. All the carotene you know come from GG. That should be so, a so it's, it's a precursor molecule for a variety it's of things. The pre- Yes, but then, then I thought, oh, then what about GG in animal? So that's a very big thing. Most time, the plant and the animal don't do the same. GG, this one I'm saying about the, 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 the forebearer, GG is the last common step between a plant and animal. They are very different genuses like that, uh, like this. And then in the animal, I'm, I'm making a big jump to the animal now. Which then come to why is what is GG? GG is a building block, a nutrient in our body, in the sense that it is like sugar for making carbohydrate, it is like amino acid for the making of protein, and GG is the building block for making small molecules in our body. That's it. So now, when I say this, such as what. You're going to want to find out what molecule. Small molecule is the term that the pharmaceutical company come up with. A molecular weight of a thousand or less. A vaccine that we're having for COVID is about 50,000. See, they're not small molecule. Insulin would be a small molecule, 5,000 like this. So small molecule would be CoQ10, 800. And vitamin K2, MK4, about 500. This. Why do I mention CoQ10 and MK4? CoQ10 and MK4 uh, irreversibly require GG for its synthesis in the human body. Ooh. That So let me jump in here, Barry, okay. if you don't mind. Um, okay. Just sure, to bring sure. it to some level of functional application as a clinician, as a doctor who uses this. Um, geraniol, geraniol, which we call GG, just uh, easier. Uh, and Barry found it in the Anato plant, came up with a way to actually viably extract it and make it available. Um, this is a really pivotal molecule that sits in the center of what's called isoprenoid uh, chemistry. And because of that, and as Barry said, it's sort of a precursor kind of building block compound that plants and animals used to make more complicated things. So GG is used for protein synthesis and protein modification, cellular growth and differentiation, the synthesis of CoQ10, of vitamin K, various prenylated proteins. So it has so many applications 
it's hard to even list them all, but, but we know from the literature and, and from the biochemistry that it can help your body make more CoQ10 naturally, endogenously. Mm-hmm. It can prevent and reverse sarcopenia or the loss of muscle mass, particularly as you age or as in association with chronic diseases like, like cancer, like cachexia of cancer. It can help maintain healthy bone density uh, as it has a role in the endogenous synthesis of vitamin K2 and the conversion of K1 to K2. It's been shown in various studies to improve metabolic health in a lot of ways that impact metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes, obesity. There are some studies suggesting it's anti-nociceptive, which means it can help reduce pain uh, in chronic pain conditions. It has some applications in skin health with acne, psoriasis, aging skin. But we're also finding that it has a role in increasing androgen production, such as testosterone. So uh, we've struggled for a long time to actually find a viable, natural um, um, therapy that actually is good at, at functionally increasing your own testosterone production. So you don't get, like when you take exogenous testosterone, you can get testicular atrophy and there's other problems with doing that, that which have to be managed. Um, so, and, and that's a harder like kind of sledgehammer therapy where something like GG could more functionally increase androgens and testosterone in males to help sex drive, you know, or libido and um, erectile dysfunction and many other things. So, um, that being said, one of the most common drugs used in the Western world are statin drugs to lower cholesterol. And everyone knows that if you take a statin at this point almost, you should take CoQ10, right? Because statins affect a higher order enzyme in isoprenoid biochemistry known as the HMG-CoA reductase enzyme. And it depletes the production of everything below that. Only one of those things is cholesterol. Another is CoQ10. So it is true that if you block cholesterol production with the statin, you block production of CoQ10. But that's not the end of the story. There's a lot of other isoprenoid products that are blocked when you take a statin. Um, everything from prenylated proteins to vitamin K. Um, Sex steroids to, and so on. Yeah, steroid production, many, many things. So, Dr. Brady, the, can, we, can we pause on that note? Because it sounds sure. like, you know, from what you and Dr. Tan have described, you know, we've really come up with sort of a Swiss Army knife uh, type nutrient. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yep. what the, the, the name, the, the scientific name for CoQ10 is uh, ubiquinone, which is, comes from the word ubiquitous, but it sounds like uh, this is even more ubiquitous in its applications. Yep. Uh, when we return in part two, we're going to talk about uh, the role that uh, GG might uh, play. Uh, that's uh, short for, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. Uh, you guys are better at pronouncing it. Geranial, geranial. Thank you. Geranial, yeah. <laughs> yeah. geranial. Oh, that's not so hard. Uh Okay, the product uh, exclusively available to you, I believe, through Designs for Health. Uh, Designs for Health has a website. Uh, Check it out. And when we return, uh, some of the remarkable applications of uh, GG, uh, especially when teamed with tocotrienols, which is right in Dr. Tan's wheelhouse. He's a tocotrienol expert and uh, biochemistry maven. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.